Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, and there's a good buzz in the air uh, because Steve Rapaski is here as well with Uncle Doug in just a couple of moments. But let me just tell you, if you're the 10th caller right now, you're going to win yourself a gift certificate from Sorgles at 412-922-1020. So let's get started, folks, and uh, see why there is such a swarm as far as the audience is concerned today. You know it's because of Steve Rapaski. Is that not right, Douglas? Good morning. That's right. I like all those analogies there, Rob. Pretty snappy. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Later on, we'll be talking to Dick Till from the Navy Tree Expert Company on why you need to water your trees after the 730 news break. I was woken up last night by some thunder, but no rain. I hope you got some, but I certainly need some. And, yes, our guest right off the top of the show here is Steve Rapaski from Meadowsweet Apiaries and Beak control steve you saw a spotted lantern fly downtown right yeah good morning guys yeah not only did i see one doug i saw probably close to 100 uh which is a unfortunate sight for sure yeah so talk a little bit i posted some pictures and some information at dougoster.com what it looks like but how would you explain what a spotted lantern, lantern fly looks like it's a very it's somebody pointed out to me in one of my posts, they said it's a shame that such a invasive insect can be so beautiful. Uh, and it's yeah. an insect that's about an inch long. Um, from the outside, if their wings are not spread, it's kind of a dusky gray wing with, with spots and speckling on it. But when they, they fly, and they actually don't fly, they're a leafhopper, but when they take off for short distances, it exposes the underwings, which is black and white stripes, red with black spots some yellow on the backside, just a very beautiful insect. Uh, it's just very invasive. Yeah, so, you know, I, I talked a little bit about it. I'm trying to think, probably at the beginning of the season here, somebody found one locally in the North Hills, and now a 100 of them there. If you do find one physically like the the pest, what do you do physically to the pest, if anything? Yeah, squish them, squash them, step on them, yeah. get out, you know, just go to town, do a little tap dancing. You know, these insects are spreading westward. We Allegheny County is under a spotted lanternfly quarantine since last year. Um, we started to see the nymphs uh, in and around the north side this spring, and now this is the time of year the adults are coming out. Certainly beyond smashing them, we want you to, to report them to the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. You can get online and do some online reporting. You can call one eight 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 four bad fly and report the sighting. We need to know, or the Department of Ag needs to know where these insects are, uh, because they are a major pest to the, the fruit 
excuse me, to the fruit trees or grapevines, and we want to stop the spread to other counties and to other states. And unfortunately, as every other invasive insect goes, that's kind of hard to do, but we can at least slow the spread and um, make those reportings to the Department of Agriculture. So what did people do when you were smashing your 100 uh, spotted lanternflies? <laughs> you know, it's what people typically do downtown, just kind of turn and look and wonder what the heck you're doing and keep on walking. I was collecting me- some specimens to make up some trays and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, you're just you're walking around just stepping on them, and I think a lot of people still aren't aware of what these gross insects are crawling all over the sidewalk and hopping from tree to tree and um, it's it's a new thing for, for people downtown. Tell me about your reaction when you saw them, because I don't know what mine will be when I finally see one. You know, I'm a little different because my bio, my background is in biology, and, and I work with insects, and the first thing I did was started taking pictures, and I, I got excited because I had finally seen one, uh, but that's immediately followed by that gut-wrenching feel of, crap, they're here and they're here in force, and we need to step up our education and let people know they need to check their vehicles. They need to check their patio furniture where these adults are going to start laying egg masses here in the next couple of months. And, uh, you know, we're traveling the Pennsylvania Turnpike. We're using the railroad for transmission of goods, and those insects are hopping along that, and we're slowly spreading it. You know, we go, uh, you know, if I'm downtown commuting from work and I head up into the North, North Hills where I might live, we're spreading those insects without knowledge. Um, so it's exciting to see them in one side, but it, the reality of it is it's it's very unfortunate that we're actually now seeing them in Allegheny County. I know that they go after the tree of heaven, which nobody cares about, but there's it'll it'll go after all sorts of other, like, commercial crops also, right? Yeah, it goes after roses, you know, both our, our cultivated and our wild roses, you know, multiflora, et cetera. Our grapevines, both our commercial, you know, cultivated grapes and our wild grapes, our, our birches, our silver and red maples, our willows, uh, some of our sumac. Um, so it does have the potential to really, not one, I'm not sure I want to say decimate, but it can certainly impact uh, a lot of our fruit and vegetable crops in terms of grapes and, and things like that. Uh, so the farmers, just like the stink bugs, when those first showed up, you know, 10 years ago, um, the farmers are definitely concerned about this invasive insect, and we as homeowners should really be concerned because we're the ones that are transmitting those adults and those egg masses around the state and making it go further. Besides squashing them, is there any other deterrent for them? There is. Uh, we could use chemical applications. So as a pest control company at Bee Control, um, you know, we have the capability to apply uh, some residual insecticides to the, to the adults. So if you see them on trees or if you see them on the sides of your houses in large numbers, um, there are some pesticides out there that, that we can use to eliminate those adult populations. But for the average homeowner, um, smashing them, uh, using circle traps around trees, and there's lots of information on the Department of Ag website on how to create those, trapping the adults, trapping the, the nymph stage, scraping off egg masses that you find, which might be on your trailer, your RV, it could be uh, on your patio furniture, those types of places, scraping and destroying any sign of those insects is what we can do as homeowners in order to slow the spread. Got about a minute left. What does this dry weather do for honeybees and then also for yellow jackets? Oh, boy. 
So tie that to this fire and lanternfly, uh, the, the dry weather, you know, reduces the nectar sources. There's, there's flowers out there, but they're not really producing a lot of nectar. So the bees and yellow jackets are going after anything sweet that they can find. So hummingbird feeders, if you still have your hummingbird feeder out, they'll be going after that. But the um, spotted lanternfly, when they feed, their excrement is what we call honeydew. And it, it's actually a sweetness that has a sweet component to it. So you're going to find a lot of, of honeybees and wasps and yellow jackets and hornets all over different trees, maybe your car, places where there's potential um, issues, whether it's a spotted lanternfly or even the aphids produce a honeybee. So you, homeowners are going to start to see insects really investigating anything sweet. You know, if you have kids and a popsicle drops on the deck and melts, you're going to have insects all over that sweetness. So this dry weather, we need rain for sure. Uh, my grass still looks okay, but the bees, they're anxious for some fresh nectar so we can get some honey stored for the fall. All right, Steve. Thanks very much. That's Steve Rapaski from Bee Control and Meadowsweet Apiaries talking about the spotted lanternfly. I've got lots of information and pictures at DougOster.com. That phone number, if you would see a spotted lanternfly, you need to call the Department of Agriculture and tell them that you saw it. Well, Rob, are you ready for a break? Yeah, we're ready for a break. We'll take one, and we'll be back with Doug and your phone calls next. Ah, yes, he is, and he wants to talk to you right now at 866-391-1020. Still to come, Dick Till from Davy Tree, talking trees after the news with Josh at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Indiana, the Christmas tree capital of the world. Here's Ed. Ed, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Go ahead, sir. I have two questions. I called you early on in the year about hemlock wigilia when my neighbor's tree got it, and I told him about he did nothing, so now mine have it. My trees are like 25 foot high. I mean, you can't, I can't do nothing with that, or should I just cut them down? Are they going to die, or, or what? No, no, no. Okay, so what we're talking about here is something called hemlock woolly adalgid, and to know that you have it, Take a look at your hemlock tree, and usually on the bottom needles, you'll see kind of a white cottony thing on there. So the good thing is, Ed, that you've caught it early, and there's a control, and it's called horticultural oil. And so you just you buy a little thing of horticultural oil at your nursery, and you mix it up into a sprayer. You might have to buy the sprayer also, but it's an expensive pump sprayer. And then you coat that pest with that oil, once now and then maybe one more time at the end of the season. Just keep an eye on it uh, because it does start at the bottom of the tree. And it's not, no, it's not an instant killer of the tree. And we don't even know for sure if it would kill the tree. It, it's one of those things that takes years and years and years for the, the pest to overtake a tree. So if you can get to those early, get to the bottom of the tree, get as much of that dealt with as possible, you'll be okay. The other thing is when we have a really cold winter, that, that kills them back too. What was your second question? Second question, I have white pines that they're about eight foot high now, and uh, they seem to be spreading at a rapid rate, and the, the leaders every year seem to get damaged by something. They, they turn brown, and so they're not going up. Should a person trim a, 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 a white pine uh, to keep it from spreading so much. It's always going to want to reach its genetic height and width. And so in the case of a white pine, you could you could prune them that way to keep them relatively in bounds, but they're eventually going to want to reach that, you know, they're going to get big is what I'm telling you. So, right, right. Uh, 
you, you can trim them a little bit. Uh, as far as the, the damage on the, the new growth, that will be something you need to have an arborist take a look at. You know, when we talk to Dick Till later uh, from Davy Tree, uh, that's one of the things they do. They'll come out for free, take a look at a tree, and tell you what the problem is and what needs to be done. Uh, if you're inter- interested in that, the number is 855-982-TREE. Ed, thanks very much for your call. We're awaiting some other calls right now. We'd love to hear from you at 866-391-1020. What about watering with the heat and not just your, your garden, your lawn, but what about trees, Doug, this time of year? Can you do that's anything? Gonna, that's that's going to be our, our topic with Dick Till. He's going to tell us. I guess I'm most interested in hearing what trees to let go and what trees to water. Uh, because in my landscape, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that, I know that some people got rain. Some people got crazy rain yesterday. We we got nothing in Ross in my part of Ross Township, and so in the garden, uh, you know, it's it, it's finding plants that that you <laughs> that you really care about and soaking them in. Uh, and I know the water bill is going to be my water bill is going to be crazy. I don't like to overhead water uh, because you waste so much water. I try to water things at the bottom, but in your situation, you might not be able to do that. You might have too many plants that, that need water, and if they don't get the water they need, they're going to die. <laughs> and so I've been out there. I've been working in the garden. Uh, I've got, again, I've got these bargains that I found. I found, uh, this was actually at Han Nursery. I found lilacs 50% off. My wife loves lilacs. I want to put some more lilacs in. So I was working on that yesterday. You know, it, it was warm, but not crazy. But with this, hot weather coming up i'm probably going to suspend planting until we get another break in the weather but i'm just you know i'm not going to water today i'm going to wait and hope again for thunderstorms today and then maybe tuesday uh, it's been awful dry out there and been 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 tough on the garden we've seen a lot of a lot of questions about something called blossom and rot on tomatoes and so uh if the if the plant does not have the water it needs the bottom of the fruit will turn black that's because the plant can't uptake the calcium that it needs now it doesn't mean adding calcium and it doesn't mean adding epsom salts that that's something we don't do i mean i know that that old school guys they love to put epsom salts in there but science tells us the salts are bad so the calcium's probably most probably there uh, in most gardens, and so it's more about keeping that soil evenly moist for not only tomatoes but peppers too. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of blossom and rot on peppers. People are sending me pictures. Uh, so it's watering, watering, watering until we get some rain. Uh, any callers, Rob? Yeah, we got to get to a break though in about a minute. You know, we always talk about how peaches can break your heart. They're not breaking anybody's heart this year. The abundance of peaches. I mean, Janoski's and. Of course, Coons, we've been talking about market these Chambersburg peaches. It's been a banter year for peaches, Doug. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I got a chance to uh, to see Jessica. Uh, Jessica Wallace used to host the show with me, and she had me over. And as I walked out the, the door, she handed me a, a giant bag of peaches and said, please take these. Please take these. So, yes, you're right. Peaches will break your heart, except when they don't. And yes, it has been a wonderful year for peaches. Get out there and get some fresh peaches, because there's nothing like it. You know, farms in general, uh, and uh, us as, as home gardeners, we only usually pick 
peaches one every out of every three years because early in the spring a lot of times the the uh, blossoms get get zapped so we had a good start to the season for peaches and yes it's just a wonderful year for peaches all right tell the folks what you and mr till are going to be talking about davy tree talking trees well it's all about watering you know and it's all about watering trees you know what how big of a tree can you let go and which trees should you water so we have lots of information on how to water and and what to water all right we'll take a short break we'll come back on the other side davy tree with dick till talking trees and then we're going to get ready for the Coons Cooking Hour, locally grown produce from your garden to all of the farms that they buy for all eight locations of Coons Market in the produce department. We're going to talk about recipes, tip, tips, tricks, and more, things that you can do, even the stuff that you can put on the grill, those great uh, veggies, corn, and more. So please stay with us for that. Heffron Tillotson, Germani, and you, Jim Meredith in the air chair today with Kurt Carlson, and then Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. A big story trending within the last 15 minutes. Bobby Bowden, legendary coach of Florida State, has passed away at the age of 91. We are joined by Dick Till from the Davy Tree Expert Company. And, Dick, before we start talking about watering, have you guys seen any spotted lanternfly uh, when you're out there? Well, I had a client in Upper St. Clair that found one on an Austrian pine, and usually that's not one of their favorites, but uh, he just could have been passing through, and uh, that's where where he found them. But he gave me a call, and this was pretty early on, and I called the – Penn State Extension, and they just asked me all about it. I said, well, just hang on to it. If you see any more, give me a call. But um, right in this little area around the South Hills, we haven't seen too many, but uh, they're they're in certain areas, little hot spots, and uh, they're on their way. Are you worried about it? Uh, Yeah. it's um, There's not really too much. There's just so many of them, and they're so, um, you know, Abundant and multiplying, and yeah. they have such a wide range of host plants they like. Um, and that's why they're, they're asking the public, you know, keep your eyes out. Make sure you don't have any hitchhikers on your cars. Don't be transporting, uh, you know, wood or uh, plant material. You, you know, check and make sure you don't have any egg masses or nymphs on them. And, but, uh, yeah, it, it gets pretty scary because they're so fruitful and multiplying there. So let's talk a little bit about watering. When I'm looking at my landscape, how do you determine what should be watered and what what doesn't have to be watered? I mean, you know, in my case, I say it all the time, I'm in an oak forest. I've got, you know, 100-year-old trees out there. Right. Yeah, no, I can't, wa- I can't you, water yeah. everything. How do you break that down? Well, the mature trees, luckily, you know, they, they didn't get mature for not knowing what they're doing there. So most of the healthy, mature trees, you don't have to worry too much. It's mainly the new trees, you know, newly planted trees, young trees, uh, surface-rooted trees, you know, like uh, maples and elms and sycamores, tulip trees. Um, when they have shallow roots, they tend to dry out a little quicker. Um, but again, once you have a mature tree, and if it's healthy, you know, if it's been pruned out and it has a nice mulching around it and it's been fertilized and if it's in good shape then it's um, you know natural resistance will fight off insects and diseases um, so my first thing them, is yet what was that new newly grown tree no newly planted trees trees I planted in the spring you know put, right. trees that might be one or one or two years old 
Uh, yeah. Do you, is there a formula for how much water to, to put on there, or do you just kind of physically test it? Yeah, a lot of times you just put your finger in there, and uh, you know, it depends how big the root ball is. A lot of times you, know, you just put a little sprinkler next to it and just let it run for you know half hour or so. Um, if you have big trees that are showing drought stress, and you want to measure it, you put a big uh, or put a sprinkler out there, and then put a ca- coffee can out there. And uh, when you get about two inches collected in the coffee can, that means it's soaking down. You know, hopefully ten to twelve inches in the soil. And again, you know, it depends on the soil type and really how dry it is and the texture and all that. But uh, and. Uh- being out out and about, have you seen a lot of drought stress on trees? Because you know, I'm going. I think I'm we're, we're two weeks without rain. Yeah, we're starting to see a little. You know, there's always little telltale plants. You know, like hydrangeas and stuff that'll start to wilt, and um, you'll see some of the uh, trees that really love water, like river birches. They start losing their leaves this time of year. That if you look at it, you can see it's the inner leaves that aren't really sun's not shining on them so they're not photosynthesizing food for the roots so the tree just loses some of those leaves to help conserve water so it doesn't transpire the water at all those leaves um that we get calls like that all the time even like crab apples and linden trees they're really thick they'll start losing their foliage just to help conserve water is it too late when you water go ahead I would say, yeah, and when you water, you got to make sure that you you don't tease them. You know, I've seen people standing out there with a garden hose in one hand and their other hand on their hip, and they're spraying the water. And like, oh yeah, I watered, and, and I'll go and reach, you know, move the mulch around, and the ground isn't even wet underneath. So, and they, you know, it's not good to tease it. You want some good deep watering to promote, uh, you know, deep roots. And if you just spray it on the surface, and you kind of tease them, and you keep the roots at the surface. So as we always say, soak it in. Um, is it too late right. to apply a layer of mulch? No, no, you can do that anytime. Um, you know, it's good to, I said, keep them fertilized. Um, you know, keep them healthy. Keep the dead wood out of them. Um, and sometimes, well, what I was going to bring up before, um, it'll affect next year's growth a lot of times you'll see it losing leaves this year but then you won't really notice until next year when you look at the terminal growth that you know the effect from this year's drought will show up next year but like you said water 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 that's the ticket and then if i was to lay mulch down now of course we talk about volcano mulch all the time leave the mulch away from the base of the plant but how thick should it be and how far out do i go when i'm mulching a tree well, ideally, I mean, if you've got a brand-new tree, you know, it's good to do the whole root ball out to the very edge, you know, where you plant it. And that's where you want the deeper mulch out on the edge there, like two to three inches. So that'll really help keep the moisture in and mitigate temperature extremes and all that. Um, even on big trees, and ideally, like in the forest, you know, there's no grass growing under the trees. And you have the nice humus and dead leaves all under the root system. But if you got a big couple of big trees in your yard that your whole yard would be mulch and you know, most people aren't going to do that but as yeah. much as you can mulch it you know that's the best thing for the trees and what else have you seen out there 
this year that has has been as far as pests and diseases anything uh in particular that has been different than any other season well i was listening earlier when that one guy called in about the hemlock woolly adelgids and they are worse this year than i've seen them in a while um but even started last year but this year continued on and like you explained to him um about the cold winter you know we've had these warm winters so you know they're not getting frozen out and the population is just exploding but you know luckily on home properties you know we can treat the trees um you know the main the big problem is out in the woods you know our that's our pennsylvania state tree and there's hemlock forests up you know north and there's just no you know, practical way to to treat them so we're that's another one you know uh, kind of like the spotted lanternfly. Once they get a foothold and they start moving, it's really hard to slow them down. Yeah, I did read something um, about some kind of fly or something that they're trying to. Yeah, some predatory beetles. Yeah, yeah, to try and take care of the hemlock woolly adelgid. Uh, yeah, but for us at home, that, you know, I, I'm just wherever I can find them, I'm spraying them with that horticultural oil. I know for a bigger tree, you need to do something different, right? Yeah, yeah, you can um, you know, do some systemic stuff in the soil, and it, uh, there's all different treatments there. It's, you got to take a look at it and see how bad the infestation is and what needs done. Um, but the other thing, you had that other caller that called in about the white pine. It's called white pine weevil that will kill the, the dominant peak. And oh, okay. it's good to cut, cut that dominant peak out of there because those little bores will bore down in through the dominant peak down into the trunk. And those white pine weevils, you know, they, like all insects, they kind of go in cycles. And um, I have seen a couple of those this year. Um, not really too bad, but, you know, the white pine weevils, another one. Uh, just plain aphids and lace bugs, you know, all the, the juice-sucking um, insects kind of exploded this year and, all right, great, great breakfast talk, Dick, but hang in there. <laughs> right. uh, we'll get back to you after the break. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to Davy.com slash KDKA. Remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. All right, guys, thanks. Stay right there. We'll get right back to you, Doug and uh, Dick Till. And remember, folks, if you have a tree question, now would be a good time to call, 866-391-1020. Yeah, with Dick Till, Davy Tree, Talking Tree, we just have a couple of minutes left, and the phones are jammed. So Mr. Oster said, let's go to the phones. So we'll do just that and say hi to uh, Mary in Slippery Rock. Hi, Mary. Good morning. Hi. Um, hi, Doug. I wondered... Can we grow persimmon trees here for fruit? Mm, that's a good question. Dick, do you know anything about persimmon, persimmons? Yeah, well, it's funny you ask that because the other manager here, Miles Stevens, just got a persimmon tree to plant on his property, and it's a young tree. You know, it's only about eight feet tall, and uh, that's his plan. So, uh, um you know, they grow. I've seen them down in the woods in West Virginia, and uh, if you can find one, uh, give it a shot, and I'll let you know how Miles does. Okay. Yeah. Would Would you say hard or easy to grow, or do you know? Um, you know what? I never. The only ones I've ever seen in the woods are pretty mature, but um, as long as you take care of it and 
you know, do a little homework on it and see what it, the requirements are, you know, light and water and all that. I'm sure you can get them to grow around here. Okay. All right. Thanks for the call, Marianne. Okay. Bye. All right. Let's take another call here. Let's go to Brad and Clarion. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Good morning. Yeah, you had a guest on talking about bees and bugs a while ago, and I uh, live out here in the country. I have a big house. I have about 10 oak, big oak trees around, and uh, I, it draws a lot of bugs and bees, and every spring I have a disseminator come in and go through my house and basement to the attic and outside all around, and I have no problem with the bees anymore. They just don't come around. And, Sometimes a fly will come in a door, open door or something, but other than that, we don't have any bugs or bees around anymore. Thanks for your call, Brad. All right, Brad, thanks for the call. we got time for John in Bethel Park. Hey, John. Good morning. My question is this. Uh, How long can you dry garlic or should you dry garlic in a cold, uh, cool, dark environment before either using or freezing? Uh, you want to, you know, start off, there's a, a curing process that we do first. So as soon as we pull it, uh, then we we leave it actually out in kind of a warm, dry area for about three weeks. And then if, you know, it, it always depends on the humidity outside as to how well it cures and, and how long it will store. But when you do dry it out, you bring it back in inside the house, put it in an onion bag. Uh, it lasts longer, actually, when you have if you leave the uh, the stalks on there, if that's possible. And then usually you can you can get well into the winter with it. And again, as I said, it depends on the uh, uh, on the humidity when you're curing it. And then you'll start to know in the winter when it's going. You know, you'll st- you'll walk in the house and you'll be some kind of strange. <laughs> Uh, aroma, and and then it's time to, to freeze. And how I freeze mine is is anything that's going, I'll throw it in a food processor with some olive oil, and then I'll put it into ice cube trays. Uh, you can you can't store garlic and olive oil at room temperature. That's that's a disaster waiting to happen. So now that's how I store mine, freezing it. But usually, when they're cured right, and you have enough garlic, it'll go all the way through till the, till the next year, and Again, you know, just it just depends on how things go while you're curing them. For your call, Dick, thanks so much for uh, being part of the show. Remember, you can uh, find out what's going on with your trees at davy.com slash kdka, and you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. I will be answering questions after the show. Just go to dougoster.com if you need more information about the spotted lanternfly. Also, I've got pictures and information, that phone number up at DougOster.com. Ready, Rob? I am ready. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, gentlemen, a great job as always. Thank you very much. Uh, Let me just kind of get you caught up as far as what we are doing once we turn the page and get past that news at 8 o'clock with Josh Roundtree. It is another edition of the Coons Cooking Hour. Today, Joe and Frank Dantisi and I are going to be talking about locally grown produce, all sorts of things that you can do with it, tips, tricks, and more, and not just in your own garden, but all of the local 
produce that they have and which they buy from a number of local farms. Their produce manager, John Clemens, at all eight locations. So zucchini, squash, we're going to talk about it all, corn, veggies. So please stay with us for that. And all the different fruits as well, the peaches, the tomatoes, the lettuce. So that's going to be a great hour getting ready for your phone calls. And someone will get a $25 gift certificate from Coons Market before the show is over. Then also today, Jim Meredith is here. Looking forward to that with the morning commentary, along with Kurt Carlson. They'll be hosting Heffern until it's in your money and you, 9 a.m. until 11, which you get a chance to phone in for the full two hours to get all of your financial questions answered. Then today, it's the Steelers. It's the Hall of Fame. It's the Pirates. It's the Olympics and also the passing of a college football legend, Bobby Bowden, who died this morning at the age of 91. Stay with us, folks. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.